Shit. It's Chicago all over again, guys. I can't beat Anthony at anything today. and welcome to Stat Check episode 14. This is Rock Paper Harlequin. I am your host Ennis and I am joined once again by Anthony and Nathan whose episode I definitely watched in my week off. Uh, it was wonderful guys. You should definitely watch it too. Um, just like me who's watched it. Uh, the worst. <laughs> I can only apologize. I've had a busy week. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, I am pleased to be back after taking a week off to allow my voice to recover from LGT. Uh, which is the worst way to not be able to come on the show. I'm like, I'm just about a week enough I could do this, and if I try, if I try to speak, my voice will crack in half. Um, it was awful. I was getting made fun of at work. Um, Good. Yeah, no. It, For this, instead of other things, to be. Fair. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I get ready to fun of work anyway, but when you try to when you try to make a sales call and halfway through the thing, your voice just stops going. Uh, yeah, not great. Uh, you get you look like an idiot on the phone a bunch um, for different reasons than normal. So that was fun. Uh, we'll do a brief recap of everybody's weeks and my fortnight uh, when we get to that. But how are you two in general? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm not home yet, so that's why you get super zoomed in, Anthony, today because I'm. Oh, I off. thought you were just bigger now. No, that's not how that works. I didn't. I'm still waiting on that growth spurt everyone told me I was gonna get. I, just I thought you've been eating your wheaties. No. I just don't, I don't just randomly take up. A, it's just my head that's gotten bigger. Actually, that's why it's not covering the rest of me. I have the head of a man who's seven feet tall and just the regular frame now. Just how bullets do terrible things to you. <laughs> so anyway, besides that, I'm great. How are you, Nathan? I'm doing fine. It's raining here, but I'm home, so I get to I get the pleasure of sitting in my own my own den space. I guess instead of needing to be real close to my camera. Although, I guess I could get closer to it, just like increasingly closer to my camera. I don't know. There's a there's a limit to it because the camera's like over here. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. Good weekend. Now home, now back to work. No more 40K for a minute is basically what's going on now. God, for you. How about you, Ennis? How are you doing, bud? Yeah, not too bad. I've been busy on and off constantly with uh, work and Warhams. Uh, so I was away for a team tournament this weekend, which we definitely knew was the weekend after LGT when we booked it in. Uh, 100%. Absolutely a thing I was aware of uh, when I decided to travel a six-hour journey, leaving on the Friday, coming back on the Sunday. Um, definitely, definitely was aware. Um, I took I took the list, uh, and I didn't take a list I hate to that or anything. Um, so, yeah, no, it's been a great weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I ended up taking the same list I took to LGT with that, which if anyone knows anything about my LGT ordeals, did not mean I was a happy bunny in the lead up to that event, but it went okay. It turns out I'm not awful at 40k. I did figure it out and won all four of the games I played uh, out of five rounds because uh, uh, Robbo and I paired their mirror match and took a 10-10 rather than subject ourselves to that torment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like suffering. <laughs> we looked at it and we're like, so we can either deploy and one of us goes second and wins 14-6. Or we can both sit in our deployment zone, pick the same secondaries, and never risk anything, including reserving anything. We'll just start everything on the board. 
and then we'll 10-10. We'll, we'll, we'll do that then. Cool. Do you want to play a Voltan game? Yeah. Cool. So we did that. Uh, Seems good. Which is a lot more productive for both of our mental healths. Um, so yeah, I won my other four games, which is good. And we actually, as a team, picked up more than one win against non-Scottish teams this year, which was really nice. Um, nice. So if you listen to anything of my End of the Matrix episode, which went live for everybody to yesterday, today, recently. Today, 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 as I'm speaking, the 11th of October, you can listen to that episode now and see my opinion on Scottish as a team thing, uh, which might give you some insight into why I'm very happy that we did slightly better this year. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Brian's team, who managed to go 3-1-1 and came third at the event. Uh, my awesome. team, fifth with 3-2. and two, uh, And Chris's team, unfortunately, seventh with 2-3. Uh, and th- uh, one, one, and three. Um, good job, guys. Uh, super proud of everybody. It was really good to see uh, the Scottish guys go down there and pick up good results. And also, the Northern Irish guys came over, which they didn't last year, which we really liked. Uh, that's all I'm really going to do on Battle of Britain, which is why I'm speeding through it because it's not the most interesting thing for everybody. But I just want to say, Scottish 40k, we're getting better. We're working on it, guys. We really are. Uh, so that'll do. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm back now. I'm recovered. That was it. Was awful. We got in from like we got in from the England on like on Sunday at like midnight, and I'm like out, out of bed for work in six hours. I'm like, oh, I hate this. Why do I do this to myself? And now I'm like, next year, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you know you want to know what masochism looks like, just tune into the show every week, guys. We'll figure it out in new and interesting ways for you. As one does. It's true. I guess we can talk stats and then talk Chicago Open stuff in the meta breakdown, unless people really want us to talk about it right now. Um, yeah, let's let's do the stats and then we'll do Chicago and my mile brief talk by LGT. Cool. Woo. I'm just gonna shove two weeks of data together because we've got overrep now, so it'll be fun. Also, the overrep from this last weekend is banana pants insane because oh, there were only. We should also events. do a quick plug because did you guys plug the tier listy thing when I was on? I haven't seen the episode. I don't know if you guys did it. I think we did, but you should do it again because it's your baby. It is. I have a stats thing now. Uh, so I organized the tier list uh, that we did last Friday. Uh, that will be coming out once a month now. Uh, we briefly touched on it in two weeks ago episode when I went through the methodology. Um, but yeah, that tier list is now live. You can see that on our website uh, where you can find a blog post with the article with the tier list and all that. Uh, we're really, really happy with how the meta report is coming together and we're looking forward to doing the next next month. Curious, just post a link in chat. We'll try and have a link in the description as well. Um, so yeah, that will be coming out once a month to keep you guys up to date on what we think is the top end of the meta right now, um, what's moving, shaping, and forging the meta. Hopefully we'll have a balanced data slate, uh, and we'll be able to have a much more interesting one next month with lots of new information for you guys, uh, that you guys will be able to get from us. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that though, and we'll let Nathan jump on with the stats that I abuse and torture into data points, um, and he can tell us what they actually are. Don't worry. I also, along with Jeremy and Cliff, torture them into data points that make no sense whatsoever, so it's fine. Uh, I mean, to very few people's surprise over the last couple of weeks, our number one faction for overrep is still Harlequins, a very dead faction that does nothing. Um, They don't do anything. They don't win things. They're not good at all. I don't know what anybody's talking about. Uh, For the last two weeks, their overrep for top fours is 3.57 with a 60.2% win rate. 
Uh, part of that is like that there aren't like a ton of events. If you break it down to just this week, because there aren't a lot of events, and so there aren't a lot of players or placings, they're actually at like a seven point five or something for overrip. It's bananas. Let's that's we're not going to talk about it for that reason. Um, no, I, I would like to talk about the data. <laughs> you want to talk about just this week's data, but it's just so just 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 that one. I don't care about this week's data. That one data point. Sure, just, we're just going like to talk about this out. one data point. So there yep. were 10 Harlequins players over the weekend. Oh, strong. <laughs> so they're making up 2% of the meta. Uh, they had four top fours and one event win, uh, which was Harpster winning with Twilight Harlequins at the Chicago Open, I believe. Correct? I got all those names and factions right. That's good. Uh, for a 7.33 top four over rep for the weekend this weekend, which is mostly caused by one, a relatively low meta representation and two, not many events. So they made it into the top four of many events. So when you have those two things together, you get what start to look like outliers like that Harlequin data, but it is still banana pants and saying that a dead faction has a 7.33 top four over rep for the weekend. Um, <clears throat> that is the highest rate right below them is Tau at a 2.8 for the weekend. So we're going to just, we're just talking about the weekend. Then we're going to talk about combined data Tau, the faction that hurts Anthony in many ways. I think at least three times Anthony got bad touched by burst cannons or airburst fragmentation projectors, or maybe it was just sun shark bombers or maybe a combination of all three of those things. Uh, they won 55.5% of their game. They got four top fours and nine top tens. Uh, with an overrep in the top four, 2.8. In the third is Chaos Soup uh, with a overrep of 2.44. They had a 52% win rate. In fourth is Necrons at a 55.8% win rate. One event win, four top fours, seven top tens with an overrep of 2.04. And then Tyranids, who apparently died this weekend and are no longer good. Um, Don't nerf them. Are at a 64% win rate but only one event win, three top fours, and five top tens with an overrep of 1.9. Dead. Um, dead faction, not dead. good at all. Completely dead. What do you want about 64% win rate? They're dropping 36% of their games. It's practically balanced. Oh, my God. And then rounding out <sighs> rounding out the top 10 is Drukari at 52.7 and 1.83 for overrep. Imperial Knights at 1.59 for overrep and a 56.1% win rate. I played two Imperial Knights in, at the Open. We can talk about when, when we talk about our games briefly. Chaos Space Marines are perfectly balanced at a 50% win rate uh, and a 0.94 overrep, which really is actually the balance point for the weekend. So when you look at it, that's a 50% win rate because they win like half of the half of all Super Majors and half of all Anthony's games. Yeah. One of the Close. one of the things one of the things that I wanted to talk about very briefly is that the meta is looking pretty good right now for just this last week too. In the top ten, we have every single faction except for two, uh, one of which was Leagues of Votan and one of which was Grey Knights. And if we look at the last two weeks of data, every single faction except Leagues of Votan has a top ten. That's cool. Um, the numbers aren't Votan like Votan like, have like four models right so yeah like the numbers aren't great for the distribution of how many times we see top tens but every single faction it appears like at the moment at least has the 
opportunity to place as long as like your matchups are good and your your player skill is there so that's kind of nice and the win rates other than harlequins being at a 65.3 and tiernan's being at a 64 are pretty much Dead. all with the standard yeah the standard balance window so we're actually doing okay there uh so the game's actually doing all right except for the one eldari player who apparently won 67 percent of their games um, yeah, so that's the are gonna get destroyed this balance Stanley, aren't they? Uh, yeah. for this week, and they're gonna deserve it. <laughs> yep, for this week, since everybody I know want, probably wants to know what the League of Batan uh win rate was, there were four League of Batan players this weekend, which was the first weekend that they were really in play at large events, uh, which was less than a percent of the meta, and they won 54.8% of their games. Um, with one third of their codex, and that's yeah, so with one, one player for every day sheet. Yep, basically. So the the we're gonna see how leagues of Votan evolve over like the next month. Essentially, I don't think we'll get the final form of Votan until the end of the month, which is supposedly when we get Hecaton, Land Fortresses, Sagatar, and Berserks into play. But for now. Even without those units, and even with really low player number, those are the two caveats that I want to say. The faction appears to be doing okay, at least in the first week of play. I'm assuming that as people catch up with Hobby Lag, it's a lot to paint, like, enough stuff to fill out those boxes in a week. Because it's still something like 50 Hearthkin, 18 bikes, and 3 characters or something to fill and out frankly, a Building those hearthkin, like if you if you run not hearthkin the bikes, if you're running eighteen bikes, you at the, at the moment deserve enough respect if you build them yourself because those models are utterly utterly miserable models to build. Why would you build something yourself? Because we're <laughs> some of us are poor. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> not wrong, um, but otherwise it'll be interesting to see where the data goes next. We are still waiting on the data slate. We're not asking how is data slate now. We're just asking where is data slate. Because the data slate is late. Data, I'm actually asking his data slate, and I'm almost to the point where I'm like, just don't be out in time for Coventry. Just <laughs> come on, man. Just, just let me have I, one more go. I did hear that we are having Chicago included in the data slate analysis for what the changes will be. So I'm guessing we're going to see some Harlequins changes. <laughs> um, I personally only played against one light player and two, and then a twilight player. Uh, and twilight was pretty popular and won the event overall. So we'll see how that pans out. But we can talk about that. I think they actually don't. They don't need to nerf twilight. They need to nerf Jack Harpster, right? That's uh, they do number number one world number one world player by W by uh, war game rankings. Also by ITC rankings. Not by CRS rankings, though, though. I don't think those are updated for this week yet. But we can talk about CRS real quick. I mean, he probably got a fat gain from this. So we actually just didn't. Uh, we last week when we talked about the CRS, we actually talked about out of date numbers. So I'm just going to update people on where the CRS was as of last week, and then we'll update you again later this week when the CRS is updated for this last week of data. Uh, for last week, though, as of October fourth, in first place is Tom Ogden at 1940. Manny Chima is in second at 1932. Vic Vijay is in third. TJ Lanigan is in fourth. Nassim is in fifth. Harpster is in sixth, although he'll probably see a boost from this weekend. Gaylard is in seventh. Porter is in eighth. Matt Robertson is in ninth. And then Marshall Peterson is in tenth. And then just slightly outside of the top ten are Anthony at 11. Sam Procopio 
at 12, Ennis Wilson at 13, John Velasquez at 14, and Stephen Box at 15. Some work to do, man. Yeah. My, my CRS is going to take a beating. Probably. Um, yeah. Although you did lose to somebody who's ranked much higher than you, so probably not so that much. Alter the bubble is lost count, so. It's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Other than that, uh, we'll have to see how everything evolves over the next couple of weeks as we go into kind of like the end of the season and probably where we'll consider rebooting CRS for the following season since LVO is the capstone of that and isn't that long from now, really? I thought we were just going to make sure you implement decay so his brain melted. I don't think we'll put in decay. I don't. I think actually just by refreshing it every season, we'll avoid some of the problems that people have with the ELO system, even an ELO system like ours, where we kind of try it to would, take into consideration a lot of things. This is where I'm like, it'd be really cool if we had an all-time ELO system where it never, it was just forever, and it was eternal, and it never changed, and it just kept kept getting updated, and we never reset anything, and also a seasonal you want You want a CRS forever score? Yeah. And then Come a on, man, you, tell you, you don't want an all-time, all-time score and a current score? Well, maybe like, chat can chat can vote on it. Do you want an all-time CRS score? Do you guys want a double Curie's work? Do you want a double Curie's work? You can um, add a Patreon you... tier. That's some ludicrous amount of money, and then maybe you can get him to do that. Hell yeah! yeah we can. We'll we'll add a new tier called the Make Curie Do More Work tier. Um, and it's a hundred dollars. It'll be a hundred dollars a month. But if you enough of if ten of you sign up for it, we will make <laughs> Curie double his workload. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, Christ, just don't please, please, please don't manifest that energy for Curie. Just make him do double the work anyway. You like, don't need to pay him more. Uh, no, he's American. Canadian, not American. Ah, you made the ah. I can get there. Damn it. Now, now I guess we can transition to talking about the meta. We can talk about the open, and then Innis, you should talk about the LGT at least, probably to some extent or another, since we didn't talk about it last week. A little bit. Um, do you want to start with that, or do you want to start with the Chicago Open, guys? So the Chicago Open is a little more recent, and I'm not really talking about my games at LGT, so. Well, first I'm going to answer Chris Irvine, because he's asking me when math. And math is happening next week. Probably that on the That was in the Discord, bro. You need to pay some yeah, there, was, there was an announcement in the Discord where I said you would be getting slides. Jeez, guys. Yes, like Anthony guys, will be learning. Just Chris. Just Chris. You all will get to learn by suffering starting next week alongside Anthony. <sighs> he's ready, <Wow>. guys. <laughs> he's ready. He, he's going to cancel like the day before, just not show up to class. And that's fine. That's fine, yeah. too. We can, My fish will we, be drowning. His 50th grandmother will be dying. It'll be yeah. great. It'll be Once great. a week. <laughs> all right. Ennis, why don't you just recap LGT for us for you? Because it's real depressing. Uh, <laughs> it's such, wanna... a sad, such a sour note for me. Uh, it's not another fun conversation, guys. Um, yeah, let's do it. So I ended up dropping two games on the first day of LGT and was super buffed, super fucking bummed about it. Like, real bummed. To the point where my friends weren't taking the piss out of me because of it. Because they were like, we're not, we're not sure he's okay right now. And I sure as hell wasn't. And I should stop affecting this voice because it's really diminishing the mood uh yeah no i had a real rough go at lgt um i was not in a great place after that uh i was like sat at dinner with the guys putting on posts on twitter about my little sad boy life for losing two games of toy soldiers and the the general realization i came to from that is that uh i am not having fun at 40k when i'm losing games um that and that is seeping into all of the other parts of 
being on holiday that I was doing at the same time, like going for dinner and drinks with friends and sitting in a hotel room until 4 a.m. drinking, chatting to people that I know I've known and loved for years. Uh, that's not a good thing and it's not healthy. And I'm working on that now. Um, this weekend didn't help because all I did was keep winning games. And it was like, yep, yeah, I'm having a great weekend, uh, which is reinforcing bad patterns that, I should, that I'm still working on. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to just put that. In. It's something I'm working on. I'm going to try and do a little more of a vlog about it just uh, on the, the bonus content because it's something I want to talk about more. Uh, but it's not something I want to spend ages talking about here. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I played five really, really fun games at LGT. I played uh, Eric Schneider Cut List again. Uh, I am definitely regretting playing it because I don't think I gave it the best it could have had. Uh, I definitely stayed up too late and dragged too much uh, and made some mistakes on the table that cost, could have cost me those games. I also just made mistakes and got outplayed and played bad missions. Um, there were you know, lots of aspects to my games at LGT. I lost two games to Necrons, one played by Nathaniel Bjorg. Uh, of Team Texas and one played by Kevin Zollinger of Team Austria. And then I absolutely bodied two other players in ways that were not representative of their skill or my skill. Um, the poor night player who didn't leave his deployment zone except on his own turn one uh, when he went first in Data Scry was a particular, particularly sad example. The guy, the guy who scored seven primary by doing the Data Scry action. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was real bad. My my day two was me in the one and two bracket and mad about it. Um, cal calculating my opponent's maximum score on turn one and saying, right, this is the maximum you could score. I'm going to score ninety nine and ninety six, and they scored like eighty and ninety nine. And it was like, yep, yeah, cool. Or ninety, I think I scored like a ninety eight, ninety three in my last game because I'm like, yeah, okay. So you can't beat me if I hold this banner. I'll hold this banner. And there was nothing he could do to stop me because he was not a good enough player, unfortunately, to, to do anything about it. And it was not fun. I did not enjoy being down in the one and the, the two and two bracket. Um, I not going back down there, guys. It's, it's real scary down there. I, I don't know if you guys, how often do you guys play for like the going better than five hundred? I've not been there in a while. I don't like it. I mean, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I know that feeling very recently. Actually, it's real rough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah um yeah so the main thing from this is you should never be such a pissant about 40k that if you go x and two your friends can't take the piss out of you out about it because they're afraid that you're going to be too upset to respond in a positive way um yeah no because i should be able to take it as good as i dish it out not making my friends like i don't want to say anything in case i hurt his feelings um and then have that be right so <sighs> yeah I don't, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really want to dive into spend too much longer on that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, LGT was other than that a great event. Uh, congratulations to Nasima and Alexandre, especially Alexandre, who we recently, who Tommy Driani just kind of figured out who he is. Um, the, the the incredible the incredible balls of somebody to come out of nowhere as a Euro player and win LGT, and then have the French guys not know who you are. That is peak Euro hammer. Uh, that is everything I always wanted it to be. Massive, massive congratulations to Alexandre and Nassim, who picked up Tau for the first time and smashed it. Uh, and the other semi-finalists were Vic and Luis, I want to say. Oh, uh, Lucas. Lucas. Uh, yeah, Lucas B. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, congratulations, to those, congratulations to those guys. Uh, massive well done. That was Terranids, Double Uppers Children, and Tau in the top four, uh, doing a fairly good representation of what should be nerfed right now. Um, <laughs> watch it. Not wrong. 
I'm looking forward to seeing that episode, though, because I think the mental side of 40K and like dealing with both a disappointment, but b also with like your attitude towards winning and losing is very important and like an yeah. important conversation. I will say for another thing, the community was feckin' awesome about that because I just got like 50 messages being like, yo, if you ever want to talk, you want to get a TTS game. Uh, this is how I've dealt with this. There was loads of that and it was super positive. I've interacted with almost none of it because I have not been in a mental state to recover from that yet. Uh, it's just been something I'm working on and I will get back to that when I'm in a better place with Ford to interact with that. Um, but I had my teammates coming up to me at the event this weekend and talking about it and all that stuff. And it's really good to uh, see that. Um, yeah, there are people who are willing to be so positive in what was a pretty shit evening for me. Um, and my teammates on the day, uh, especially Chris and Matty, were massive props uh, to those guys for doing a good job of being there and not being dicks. Chicago, go. Nathan, would you like to lead? Sure. I started out actually. So, as you can tell, I hated the event um, based on the t shirt <laughs> that I'm wearing that has the Warhammer events thing on it. Also, this shirt's really cozy, so that also helps. It is quite um, nice. The Chicago Open ran really smoothly. It was a really pleasant event. I had eight great games. Even the one with Anthony was also good, despite the like absolute thrashing that I received. No. Um, it was really nice to see all of the Discord that the Patreon was in, all rooting for me to win a game against Anthony. <laughs> so that was actually kind of fucked up. <laughs> like I, I went in there and I looked and everybody was like, oh yeah, stats dad, go get it. And I was like, none of you understand how this game is going to go. Me and Anthony have played before one time. <laughs> Dude, I opened Discord, and I've never seen such a unending wave of support for my opponent. <laughs> like, it was... Hey, hey, hey. When you played Oz? Yeah, I mean, I was on the... I was in the Discord supporting them. Like, what do you yeah. mean? That's the wrong... <laughs> yeah, but it was still support for your opponent. I guess. Yeah, you are the bad guy in your own story. It's okay. Welcome yeah, to the club. Welcome to happening. the club. Permanently, just like, are we the baddies? Like, yeah, we, we really are. We really are, dude. It's me. Yeah. It's especially funny because Anthony is also just an incredibly nice person and not, in fact, the baddie in real life. Um, but yeah, we started on day one, both, and I, I ended three and oh, yeah, that's right. That's how that works. I don't remember anymore. No, you ended. Did two we play day one or was that day two? We were game three of day one. Yeah. Okay, so I ended day one, two and one because I lost my game to Anthony. I played an amazing commission painter for my first game where we reacted oh, yeah. the uh, devastation of Ball where I got to play into uh, Blood Angels and some Death Company made an unfortunate charge into some Tyranid Warriors with some Venom Thropes next to them. Uh, and the Death Company got fight lasted. And then the Tyranid Warriors annihilated the Death Company. And then it was just a wave of nonsense from there on in. So I played an amazing person. We had an amazing time. Um, and it ended with Dante charging and then getting murdered by Hive Tyrant um, in response during the clapback. Do you ever do the thing with the Venomthropes where you put them all in base contact? You're like, all right, so on a three up, if you charge me, fight last. And you played a board who's psychotic enough to go for it anyway. Um, like after you've explained it to them, it's terrifying. I, I never know how to respond to that. So I'm like, why would you flip the game on a one third chance? It, yeah. it disturbs me to the core. Um, <laughs> per, per my had that happen to my LGT. The guy was just like, yeah, so I'll just throw my tyrant at your warriors that are potentially going to make me fight last. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, please do, don't do that. <laughs> like, for both of your sanities. Sometimes yeah, that's where up, you're at. Yeah, the three it was. is strong until it isn't. Sometimes you just yeah, roll but... a one, and then you get annihilated. And then your whole really clever plan was for nothing. Yeah. I guess. Uh, game two was into Wordbearer's Chaos Space Marines, um, where the Reaper Hive Tyrant proved again that he was a bad, bad man when he ate Abaddon and a Demon Prince, um, and then just kind of collected souls along his way from one side of the board to the other. Again, a really great game with a really good opponent. And then I got matched up with Anthony, and all I heard from across the room basically was just Anthony being like, I'm coming for you! <laughs> I think I literally saw Anthony just walking towards me and just pointed at me yep. while cackling maniacally the whole time. Um, yeah, that's, and then that's we, true. Nathan's and then like, we I got my nice easy to go start. And he's like, I got my nice easy 3 0 start. <laughs> <laughs> and the then we got to the. T- is you can never think that about Levy. <laughs> Yeah, so like we got to the table and Anthony's like, you know how my list works and I obviously know how your list works. And I was like, can you just go through it anyways while I get through the fact that I have to figure out how I'm going to beat my opponent? (laughs) (laughs) He did. He wanted 10 minutes of stall while I I did all the shit I've explained to him twice. Yeah. So I'm like, I need you to stop and go through this so that I have like 10 minutes to like focus on what my game plan is going into here. Um. And then I fucked up my game plan, which was fine. Um, Anthony beat me very much at secondary selection and then also beat me because I played way too passively and he just played to his game plan and then annihilated me, Um, which was fair. Anthony played his game plan perfectly and I played the wrong game plan backwards, so it's okay. That's not, not great, yeah. So... This was the first time that I was taught the lessons that I just needed to take banners in order to win a game <laughs> or at least do reasonably better at it. Like at le- me and Anthony probably could have just stared at each other and drawn basically staring at each other across the road. If I had taken banners and we had done nothing all game, we would have just stared at one another. It would have been great. I was never going to do that, but that is an option you had. <laughs> it's true. The option was I could have just stared at Anthony and hoped that he took the draw. <laughs> Anthony has not been Art of War broken in and house trained yet. He's still a feral no. cat. It's true. But that that was day one, ended with Anthony. And it was actually a very fun game before anybody like thinks otherwise. Playing as Anthony is great. I don't get to play a lot of Art of War members or players of Anthony's caliber on the regular, so it was an extremely fun time for me, and it was a good learning experience. So I got to learn a lot. Good. Glad. Glad you had a good time. <laughs> I also had a good time for it. How was, was your day one, Anthony? My day one was awesome. That's why I'm asking. Uh, my day one was great. My first opponent was a uh, Dark Angels player who is the true hero of my Chicago run for reasons I will explain later. Um, and yeah, Abaddon killed 20 Deathwing Terminators in that game. That was pretty hype. Um and that was that's pretty much the story of that game. Like you don't get to really recover from that. That's not like a thing that mortal humans get to do. Um, my game two was against Blake Law of uh, Art of War Unbroken. Um, he is currently recovering from a fairly rough car accident that he got into on the way home from this event. So shout out to Blake. Hope you're feeling better, homie. Um, he's okay. 
his army is cooked, which is sad because it won second best overall and second best uh, or best painted, I think, mm-hmm. which sucks. Uh, but you know, hopefully he gets better. Um, if I see anything that comes up to support him, I'll share it through this channel. But yep, hopefully Blake's doing all right. But uh, we played a uh, a game where I got to play against a piece of tech that I had given a like a coaching client like a couple weeks before, which is unremitting free blade lance grav gun Moirax. Those things do a whole lot of damage. So for those of you who don't know, Unremitting is... LGT as well. Very good. Yeah, those things fucking slam. Uh, They're a D6 shot blast weapon that does like flat three if you have uh, armor save three up or better. Uh, And they're like, I don't know, middling, but AP three. Six, I think. Yeah, six or seven, something like that. But Unremitting says... When you target an enemy unit, double its unit count for the purposes of blast, essentially. So five man start triggering the the low blast, and anything six or higher gets the full the full McCoy. So that be sure two... to kill a couple jackals ago. Uh... Oh, that's that's kind of sad. But the in general, yeah, that that stuff is uh, real spooky if you play power armor. It's so very, it's very good. They're not that expensive either. They're like kind of the alternative to the last of the line. Um, the last of the line lightning lock, oh, like, yeah, or Helverns, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was a big fan. They're definitely an interesting piece in the toolkit. I don't think you need to have them, but you could definitely make them work. Yeah, I was a big fan. Uh, highlight of that game is Abaddon went into a nine wound Moirax and a 24 wound uh Paladin killed both. Um, that was pretty hype. Uh, so yeah, that was that, and then. How do you even get in the process of splitting the attacks on that? You're just like, I'll roll six as one of these players. No, I rolled uh, D3 for the extras first, because they're Imperium. Mm-hmm. And then I hit the three, so I had 11 attacks to work with. And I just put four into the one that had an invuln and seven into the one that didn't. Or mm-hmm. maybe it was five, six. One of them didn't have an invuln, so I was like, you're dead, go away. Um, and then I had full rerolls, so with the full rerolls, I always wait to see the result to see if I actually need to fish. Uh, and then I kind of work backwards from there. The one that had six attacks, I had two sixes, so it was just fine. You can't fine. do that. You have to decide, because you, you, you can't fast, because that, that's the same thing as CP ruling with additional information. You don't know where the CP additional information comes from. So right? you're supposed to single hit to yeah, hit reroll? Yeah, you could have to single hit to reroll or declare you're rerolling all of them beforehand. Or not fishing for sixes. Oh, because otherwise you're you're gaining information from the future dice rolls. Yeah, never done that, so it doesn't matter. But I mean I not like I didn't know that rather. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't end up re-rolling. I'm very scared about fishing for those of you who don't know. Uh, <laughs> I am a huge bitch when it comes to fishing for sixes. So like I almost always just re-roll ones because I am terrified of missing. So yeah, yeah, fishing for sixes is how I ended up uh, with losing one bike to Abaddon. It's like, I'm going to fish, but I didn't roll any sixes. Miss eight times. I'm like, yeah, dude, I guess you did. Yep. Yeah, you don't do that, man. It's too dangerous. Um, so, yeah, that game was fun. Then I played Nathan, who, to his credit, like, was pretty mistake-light. Uh, he said, you know, like he said, he messed up on his secondary thing and broadly did a really good job. Um Sometimes, you know, it just doesn't work out. Emperor's Children is definitely not an army you can fuck around with, or you just find out. Mm-hmm. Um, As I and, learned. Yeah, in that, ar- <laughs> in that game, Nathan found out. Yeah. 
I pushed late when the opportunity to push was probably a turn prior and yeah. should have pushed harder. It was the funny moment where Anthony was like, you needed to play like me and be more aggressive. Although Anthony also plays like an incredibly calculated game, which maybe people who think that Anthony hates math wouldn't assume. But Anthony is like methodical like on the, the table. Coward's push <laughs> player. Like Anthony will only push what he knows it's gonna work. Yeah. Anthony's Something actually like quite methodical when he's doing stuff. And when you watch him play, you're like watching him do all these measurements and things, and you're like, this is not at all how I pictured Anthony actually playing <laughs> based on his personality. And instead you're watching him carefully measure like a million things and then be like, I'm gonna sit here. And then he just looks at you and it's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I, I play much to... more like the way you think Anthony plays. Uh, where it's just like, I feel like this is the right place. And then 99% of the time it is. That, yeah. that That's my more, that's more my style. Mm-hmm. I get, I get bored if I have to measure more than three things for a placement. Uh, sure. It was definitely one. can attest from the game that I played against him. And uh, when I was over in Scotland that I spent like three times while we were playing, he was like, you're, thinking about this too much and i was like no i'm thinking about this exactly as much as i need to leave me alone (laughs) yeah it's just funny seeing it happen because the only other time i've played anthony is on tts with chaos knights and it does not as much stuff it's like visually you don't get to see what your opponent is like doing and thinking about as much and so when you get to watch somebody play in person it is very different you get to see the stress in his eyes there, there was never any stress in Anthony's eyes. <laughs> Anthony looked across at me when I deployed my pyrovores and was like, you don't need to do that right now. <laughs> and then he just didn't listen to me. I was like, just don't didn't. put them there. And then he was like, no, fuck you. I was like, okay. And I was thinking about it later and I was like, I let Anthony fucking reverse psychology myself. <laughs> make the <laughs> like... wrong decision. <laughs> I was like, that seems bad. You're just going to trade the whole Pyropod for 10 cultists. And Nathan was like, you're fucking with me. And just jammed it anyway. And then lost the whole thing to kill 10 cultists. And I was like, all right, dude. It was definitely as predicted when I should have put it on the other side. Where there were not Terminators. <laughs> I tried to tell you that. I don't know. You did. I just didn't believe so, you. Nathan, how was your daytime? Uh, my day Tau, I didn't have my day. I didn't, I actually didn't play any Tau at this whole event. I was very pleased about it. Sorry, I meant day two. I meant day two. Yeah, my day two started out, um, with an Imperial Knights player for the last game before we bracket before they put us into brackets. Um, and I did not realize so this was this also. So, this was the second time that I play in the this will be the first time of two times that I played a free blade lance at this event after never having played into an Imperial Knights player or played into a free blade Lance previously. Um, and it was also the first time where somebody looked at me and they're like, so my Knights are trans hit in melee combat. And I was like, that's pretty good. And then um, I did the really mean thing to somebody where I trapped them into their deployment zone with spore mines and a pyropod. Um <laughs> Which I I did twice during this event, as I trapped knights in their own depo- deployment zone, and then I killed all of the knights. Um, so that was a great game, though. My opponent was really good about it. He wasn't, and like he also rolled about as abysmally as I've ever seen a human being roll in his entire life. 
he had a Castellan in his list and he popped calculated fury calculated fury or whatever it is that turns all the damage on weapons to to mortal wounds on sixes to wound and only caused mortal wounds on one attack. Powerful. It wasn't. Uh, he didn't have the auto six. So he popped mortal wounds basically on just one attack and killed one thing. Um and then he looked at me and he was like, so I rolled lots of ones and twos. And I was like, "You, t- yes, you did. <laughs> On all ends of this equation. And sometimes opponents just can't roll fours. And then, so that's what happened. Um, the next game that I played that day was into Light Harlequins. <clears throat> um, where I played a really friendly person. And we had a really great game where... I won the race essentially of trading materials back and forth and managed to stop the Harlequins from scoring enough points to win. Um, yeah, that's good. I just, I just barely won that race. Like I tabled my opponent. We got towards the end of it and we looked at the table and we were like, I think this game is basically over because he didn't have enough pieces to score points anymore. Um, and so we just kind of, ta- we tallied it up to see where we were going and where we were headed and, I just barely won that game by out-trading my opponent. And then I played the second Imperial Knights player this time, again with a Castellan, again with the trans hit. And this game was a lot closer than the first game, um, but I managed to stuff my opponent again into his deployment zone with a Pyropod and Spore Mines for a whole game. Um, And I also managed to take, like, most of the wounds off of his melee knight and then his melee knight never closed into combat basically ever again and never really did anything until the reaper hive tyrant popped over and murdered him like clapped him real good uh i will also say that zoanthropes are really good into little knights uh i watched a zoanthrope unit just pull nine wounds off of a knight in one psychic phase like with the first super smite and i was like oh yeah they're good at this. And then Spore Mines hurling themselves at units across open spaces is also quite funny. Yeah. Um, there was a moment in that game where the guy was like, well, the Spore Mines are the only thing in range of my mul- my Melta guns that are on my Castellan, so I'm going to shoot them at the Spore Mines. <laughs> Which feels a little bit like a waste of material, but it was fine. Um, at like turn four, he had just a Castellan left. And he's like, well, I really want to see if my Castellan can kill your Reaper or not. And that's all I want to see. And then he proceeded to roll like my previous knight's opponent and took one wound off of it. Um, <laughs> I was like, he's like, we're done now. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go to dinner at a really nice restaurant tonight and have a really nice time. I'm like, you do that because it'll be great. There are lots of good restaurants. You've earned it. I got two points for you, Nathan. First of all, good luck for the rest of your time playing against knights, decoupling what regular knights do and what Freeblade Lance does, because, like, I, I really, I, I've lost it at this point. There's definitely a line in my brain somewhere where it's like, this is just Freeblade Lance stuff. This is everything stuff. And I, I don't know where that line is anymore. Somebody's played Skip Rope with it. It is missing. I, I, Definitely am very excited to play against Knights some more, mostly because every time I play against Knights, I get to practice how Spore Mines should work um, and, like, where I should place them. Because the first thing that Anthony told me was, like, you're doing this wrong. Because <laughs> he watched me put Spore Mines in, like, a weird spot and was like, you should put those in a way where I can't shoot them as easily. And I was like, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Mostly because when I have opponents just pop out, they usually just shoot them anyways, no matter what happens, because they just run forwards. 
but yeah, it's good work. And the you second point I want dis- to make. Oh, sorry, please. No, go ahead. Imperial Knights is the second best match of a thousand for uh, Spore Mines. The best is still Thousand Sons, where they get imperatives and get to block all the mortal wounds. That's the most fun. <laughs> I definitely did have moments um, in my final game against Tyranids that I'll talk about later when we talk about day three, where they just ate mortal wounds from Zoanthropes for a while, which was great. But I also lost that game. But we can talk about that after Anthony covers his day two. Day two. Oh, fucking God. This is how I started talking about LGT. <laughs> All right. So, it has been many moons since your boy lost three games. And I lost three games, not just in general, but in a row, which is something that I have never done. Uh, even when I was at my most noobish, noobished, I did not lose three straight. Um, so what happened was, played Ogden, and some mistakes were made, and lost really bad. Then, because my Dark Angel opponent from round one is a goddamn hero, and beat the Storm Surge Taoist he was playing, I made top cut, because my opposing win percentage, because Nathan won his games, and Blake won his games, and Tom was obviously undefeated, was really high. But, I was the 16th seed. Mr. Ogden was the first seed, which meant that we were playing again. So, we play again. Um, I kept this one much closer. Uh, I got dragged anyway. Didn't matter. Lost. Waiting around. Our game is pretty quick because me and Tom both play fairly quickly. Waiting around, waiting around. Up comes pairings, and I'm playing Tau for a third time. This is the only game. Uh, my opponent was super great in my third game. His name was Oliver. He was really awesome. Uh, I learned a whole lot about Tau in that game, uh, about how some like specific stuff works. So that was really cool. Um, haven't really played against Riptides much since the very first tournament game I've ever played. That was the only other time I've played Riptides before. Um, so I was playing against them. Uh, we basically had a situation where he had like a multi-tracker and was in Kyan. And even though I had, uh, I think I had a loser up, but not the feel no pain. And he shot me with a Riptide and it was like six shots or some shit. And it was like, yep, 10 hits, nine wounds or something. And it was like, cool, fail seven of the saves, lose seven Terminators flat. Um, there was only nine left in the unit by that point, so I lost my character screening. Uh, so the prince died to the next activation, which cost me my psychic interrogation, and I actually conceded before the game was over, and it was like turn three, um, which is something I've actually never done before, because I had just been towed so many times in a row that I was just like, I'm not doing this again. Um, so that is... Uh, that was a first for me. I was not not feeling great. Uh, I also slept like absolute garbage between day one and two. The venue for the GW event was really awesome, but something about the air conditioning made the rooms super dry. So you'd wake up in the middle of the night, like your throat was full of razors. Um, so that part wasn't super good. But so, yeah, I was going into day three uh, upset and tired and not feeling super good. 
after uh, after the trip loss in one day, but still hanging on in the top bracket. Capping out of that 16th place is absolute worst. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, sorry. uh, The so what happened broadly, by the way, just so like this is uh, like going into the event, we just saw in LGT that like both um, Alexandre and Vixlist were fine in Tao, especially on UKTC terrain. But like in general, but that list was entirely fine in Tao. I was like, oh, I'm going to test, you know, we're on GW terrain, right? Um, because of some testing that I had done and, like, between TTS and real-life testing, I would played at a GW event before. Um, I was like, for the most part, you can hide in the middle ruins, and then you can use that as a staging point to move forward. Um, and there was, like, I guess some form of change or something to how they were handling, like, the sight lines, like, down the center and, like, literally from uh, dense to dense piece on the board which meant that you were, in fact, not even remotely safe in the center, um, turning the GW boards from being, for the most part, like on the old layout, safer than a WTC board to much more dangerous than a WTC board because they functionally on either layout have no terrain in the middle, uh, which is fucking nightmare fuel. Um, So, yeah. It's definitely a choice. Yeah, my version of the list that cut a master possession for Lucius and cut a bunch of the Noise Marine squads to fit more possessed so that I could fight the dig out of ruins situation was really, really bad into Tau. And, like, yeah, it was basically I made a pre event choice based on bad information and then got punished really fucking hard for that choice three times in a row yeah that, that's that's metal break just anyone i don't care who you are I lose three games in a row to the same army and you're just sitting there like game one you're like yep i know what i did wrong i, I can fix this for next event and you're like yeah oh, i'm playing it again or oh, i'm playing it again yeah it's uh it's a hard feeling i had that in my first event of eighth edition where i brought my all melee turrets list and played flyer spam three times i'm like right. oh, okay right, i get what i did wrong please make it stop now <laughs> yeah yeah there was um i'm pretty positive about most things like i'm very like oh you know you like you don't lose you know you don't take an l in a game unless you like lose the lesson of the game but like but after the first one I wasn't really learning anything i was just like okay getting shot too fuck by something i can't touch cool can i also say you have big i've only played ninth edition privilege by having only played against riptides twice now like uh yeah yeah, horrifying. I used, yeah. you used to play Riptides four times a tournament if you played five rounds. Yeah, I'm sure. And there was other shit that you had back then that you would you would be a. That's like honestly, yeah, that's part Riptides of the problem. are like the only the only eighth edition you the only time you had four three editions was Riptides. It was Riptides and nothing else. So it's just. It's all yeah, they have, the, man. the uh, I mean, honestly, that would have been better, right? Because if I had been playing against them a whole bunch, I'd be like, oh, that's a thing all the time i'll have something for that but i did not so well, this fucking thing's gonna shoot me and jump shoot jump and it's gonna be a pain in the ass and it's really hard to kill yeah, yeah. those things don't change no they were just yeah, like disrespectful at the event dude they could just be like i'm mega far from you but i have this really extreme angle so i don't even have to use my nova surge on jump shoot jump i'm gonna use my nova surge on feel no pain fuck you <laughs> so yeah that was cool um 
yeah, I, uh, that was pretty, that was pretty miserable, man. <laughs> so one thing I did learn, though, like, a positive thing, um, I think Emperor's Children, and I don't know that this applies to all armies in the game, but I think with Emperor's Children, your fight phase control and ability is good enough that you don't necessarily need to tech to make it even better. So you can list build almost entirely to beat shooting armies, which is a thing that British children have access to between a master possession and more noise marine units. Um, so you can then just beat other melee armies with, you know, your abilities. Yeah. Yeah. Just using your stuff correctly. So that's the theory anyway. We'll see how it holds up uh, going into my next list. Uh, we'll see. Day three. So day three, um, I got paired first into a Tyranids player who was also an excellent opponent and who had done pretty well at the event so far. Um, I honestly don't have a lot of experience playing into the Tyranid Mirror so I went into this game feeling pretty underprepared and also very tired. Um, I didn't, I wasn't really thinking about like the mental fortitude side of this going into this event. And like on day three, having not gotten like a lot of sleep because I was waking up early to get to the hotel every morning. Um, my brain just wasn't fully in it. And so I ended up losing in the mirror by like 20 points because I made one incredibly boneheaded decision similar to the one that Anthony saw me make in a game that I played in um, Seattle. So my opponent was really good. And then he managed to math out where I was at though, after making that mistake and basically pulled all of his stuff to the rear of his thing. So I couldn't do as much to him and I couldn't catch up on primary. So he won by 20 points. But effectively, I made one really huge mistake um, at around turn two to three where I didn't consider the actual math of a decision and then left a single warrior on a point. So I lost. So it was basically effectively across the course of a game, like a 30 point swing because of it, because of how everything kind of like worked out from there. Um so that was kind of disappointing. I was kind of disappointed in myself because I didn't play a very tight game and I made like just a tremendously large math mistake part of the way through. Um, then I got to play my last game into somebody who had been undefeated so far in since bracket start, which was Quentin. Um, and Quentin was just an absolutely amazing opponent. They were a member of Art of War. So I was I managed to hit my second Art of War member since starting this event, which was novel for me. Uh, Quentin was playing Twilight Harlequins, a similar list to what Harpster won the event with, but slightly different in like the Count of Shadow Seers and a few other things. And it was a list that watching it play was incredible to see because it's actually a list that I'm going to start testing out because the thing that I miss most is there's just like some combat jank in that army that I think is just amazing. Um... But I lost the race in that game for points and lost 94 to 92. Um, and basically lost because for the third time in a game in this tournament, I should have just taken banners and scored easy points for four turns. <laughs> um, and would have won by a point, basically, or tied provided like like the game state obviously changes a lot but i would have scored 
just enough points on that secondary where I would have at least tied 94 to 94. Um, into Quinn, for the win, for the win, I know, but <laughs> uh, but that game was amazing. Both me and Quentin were just freaking cackling our asses off the whole time because it was just funny and ridiculous, and we were both very tired. Um, so it was great, it was fun. I had a blast. I got to play eight great people. Um, seven which made me really happy. Well, it's like seven great people and then one awesome person, which is Anthony. So that's what I meant. And I got to meet a bunch of people. <laughs> I got to meet a bunch of people, which was kind of nice. So I got to meet a bunch of people who I'd only ever talked to online. I got to talk to a bunch of patrons, which was really nice. Um, and I also got to talk to a lot of people who listened to the show and like found me based on I'm I'm assuming my much more approachability because Anthony is scary, um, <laughs> and said that they liked the show a lot, which was cool. Uh, and I learned a lot about playing 40k not only from like learning three times that if I had just taken banners I would have done a lot better, but also learning a little bit more about some of the qualities of a player that I have. Um, in the two games that I played into factions that I had not played before, um, specifically into Anthony, because I just never played Emperor's Children um, based Chaos Marines. And then also when I played in the mirror match to Tyranids, where I just had no reps basically into Tyranids, is that I as a player play too cautious when I don't have reps into something. And it tends to lead me to be into situations where... I make mistakes being unsure of a path forwards um, and tend to not be as aggressive in scenarios where I need to be more aggressive. And so I end up losing by being too passive and too tenuous with the way that I play. So it was really good, though. It was a really good weekend. I learned a lot by losing those two game, those three games. Um, but I was also very proud of myself because I completed the goal that I set out for myself going into this event, which was to be I had to have a winning record at the end of it. So I went five and three, which was a winning record, which made me very happy because I completed my goal. And I also got to learn a lot about a being at like my first event of this size and like number of rounds and also by playing a lot of really high quality people. So that was that was my day three. I learned a lot and it was good. So my day three started with a buy, <laughs> which was the best thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. <laughs> Besides meeting my girlfriend. Uh, the, there is a level of exhaustion that goes with a three-day event. And getting to start my day by being told that I could relax was <laughs> awesome. Well, did you not get one game three of day one, day one as well? What? You got one game three of day one as well. So game, He's uh, making fun of me now. He's making like, one of me now. I also it's okay. just misheard him the first time and thought he said game one of day three. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, bro. Um, <laughs> no. I knocked down the, the vision, dude. All right, hold on. Now you get to wait while I set that back up. All right. As you can tell, Anthony also hated the event based on his t-shirt choice. Yes. All right. So day three. So I got to buy. And I actually, like, the second I saw it, like, ran over it. Like, not, not exaggerated. Like, I ran to the judges' table and was like, is this real? Like, do I get to go sit down? 
And they were like, well, we can get you a game if you want. And I was like, don't do that. <laughs> just ran away. Um, so, like, I get to play plenty of 40K. I do not necessarily need to play all of these games. It's going to be fine. Um, so, I, at that point, could not finish with a losing record, which was cool. At best, I was going to go even. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, how Fox.check fell this week, guys. Yeah, that was rough. Remember the weeks when we were like double winning GTs and majors? <laughs> yeah, that was a rough you know, the, None of those were me. So, <laughs> so my, ex- my, uh, like, I don't really have expectations when I go to an event. It's just not like a thing I do. Um, I go in with the goal of like winning my first game. And if I do that, I like work backwards from there. Um, so mine shifted really rapidly from like, Placing well to placing with a single digit when I paired Ogden the second time. I was like, all right, this is going to be a bit of a shit show now. Let's focus. Um, one of my last game, I played against a wonderful opponent who was playing Yunari. Um, it taught me that that army is not nearly as complex as the internet seems to think it is. It's like one buff in the command phase. A handful of psychers, and then you wait for your opponent to fuck themselves over with the incarn. Um, he did yeah, something. The only complex thing is when is where where they're gonna cheat. Like that, that's all there is. Yeah, <laughs> he was really good though. He was very on top of his rules and about like what worked with what. Um, so the I will say one thing that was really cute out of his play. Uh, he was I so I watched him play a couple of games because I had a buy, and then he was playing um Derek actually from the Discord. Shout out to Derek who had a amazing performance he got top bracket with death guard like a fucking hero um the the thing with ryan uh he was really impressive at playing like the edges of the board and like i know that sounds like a common thing for elf players but i'm talking like my man was playing the extreme edges like if there was some secondary that gave you points for not being within like 25 inches of the center he would have scored them like he was way the fuck out there in a bunch of those games um, so one thing that he did really well was that in one of his turns, he like vaped my unit occultists on my backfield and teleported the incarn back there after exposing a whole bunch of his stuff. And if I had shot anything at all in my turn, I was going to lose the opportunity to charge her. So he just nulled an entire shooting phase for me with just his placement of the incarn. And that was pretty impressive. So, shout out to Ryan. I ended up taking that one off good old-fashioned primary denial, the way that one does when you look at the secondaries and go, man, I had to take long war. That's never ideal. That's a cat. Um, So, yeah, that was my game. I won it. Uh, I finished, I think, sixth before locked placings, seventh after. I think I got seventh for the event. So, it wasn't a a complete nightmare. the reason I got a buy, by the way, is because a person who is a, I consider a friend of mine, Jamie, ended up dropping the event because he didn't know we were playing. He was he just went like O2 the first day in top bracket and was like, I'm going home. I'm just going to go like, you know, finish up going back to Manhattan and stuff. Um, but now he's local to me and he's going to be a regular practice partner. So that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, it was super funny. I messaged him after and I was like, bro, what, what happened? And he was like, oh, were we supposed to play? Damn it. Um, but that was pretty funny. But, yeah, that was my event. Um, it was a good 
lesson in something for Emperor's Children, uh, which, like I was saying earlier, is like you list build to fight ranged, you play to beat melee. Um, and it's important. Like, I mean, I've had a lot of like broad stroke success throughout the season, but um, broadly, like last year was considered my like breakout season, right? But there was a whole bunch of like dirty X and ones in there where I didn't win a thing where I was like building up lessons on Drakari and learning and learning and learning and learning. Uh, and I like won the first event that I played as Emperor's Children, but it's the events like this that really teach you stuff. And I just didn't get the matchup pairings to be like, oh, I learned a lesson. I'll go X and one and figure it out later. Uh, I just instead got the lesson beat directly into my skull like an iron nail. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. Uh, also hype as fuck about that new World Eaters Juggernaut, man. That was probably the most uh, exciting. Yeah. That was probably the most excited I was all weekend. Nathan can attest to it. I was, like, hitting the table, like, yeah! He was, was, like, dialed into that video. It was pretty cool. I was like, man, look at all these guard sculpts. And Anthony's like, no! Don't yeah, bother me with your NPC faction. I need to watch this guy in a Juggernaut right around. What size base is that? He does how many wounds on the charge? He was getting really excited. I was getting into it. In the lore, that guy flies. Fuck yeah! <laughs> um, now the the final question I have for the Chicago Open: Did either of you catch the catch the Rock Paper Scissors game live? I was right yeah, it was it. it was impossible to miss it because there was a giant crowd of people. Um, yeah, and they and, used like the microphone to do the like you know rock paper scissors go. Yeah. Um, I feel like they should be ashamed of it coming to that personally. <laughs> I mean, the I game mean, went to a draw, bro. Like, what do you, what do, you want to do? It's in the I packet. Don't... Enter a draw is the result. It doesn't matter. Oh, it break the bracket. Oh, no. Um, That's a big yeah. deal. I will say that I really enjoyed the GW event, though, and I would do another one in, like, a heartbeat if I had the opportunity and one was close enough for me to want to go to it. Yeah, I could say a lot of things about the way Games Workshop does things, but the way that their event team does stuff is real high level. They do a great job. So. Yeah, I'm I got to talk with some of their TOs and judges and stuff like that. And their crew is definitely experienced in making the game both run very smoothly and are also very nice people. And the event ran basically without a hitch all weekend. Happy with the terrain? Um, Broadly, yeah, it was fine. There's like some of the, there's some inconsistencies in like how much coverage you get from ruins and stuff like that based on like what terrain set you get. So if you get the orc terrain set, you've got a box in your deployment zone, basically, that you can hide in most of the time. If you're short enough. If you're short enough. But, like, those ones have walls on all sides except one, basically. And then the other ones are usually smaller, more traditional, like two and then two half-size walls on the other side. So, And some of the middle pieces of terrain, like, left something to be desired. On the orc board, specifically, the middle pieces of terrain that are supposed to be, like, more line-of-sight blocking stuff. Are not super great, but that's about that was my experience. It was fine. Um, In my, my experience, but Anthony, I'm sure, has a higher level opinion than mine too. <laughs> yeah, I I had a better time at Austin. Um, things were definitely different. Like running recover the relics on the wrong facing is definitely a choice. It's the only mission that ends up on the, the like wrong facing which is you know yeah but like i'd have been real pissed if i had to play towel on that like i was already upset so 
Um, yeah, I was very yeah. lucky I played Blood Angels on that because we just were running at each other anyways, basically. Right. Uh, the other thing is, the like I said, the shift in the middle ruins on, the, on layout two was a big deal. Um, there definitely wasn't a line that you could go across them before. And at least in the games that I played, there for sure was. And I got shot to fuck because of it. Because um, I was trying to use the middle ground as staging and it just what was meant to be like a safe position was not. Uh, and I just died for it. And like there's some amount of argument, to, you know, like should that be a safe position? But like not knowing until I got there was not ideal for that. Um, I definitely like the terrain. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, I like the terrain less than WTC, like handily. Uh, I like it. More than player play still, if only at least because it's fixed and faster. And anything that takes a makes a 40k game take longer should not be used. Um, but yeah, not not optimal by how that went in general. All right, let's jump into listener questions, and I'm going to do the plugs at the end of the show, I guess, because uh, I can't be bothered doing them now. Uh, we're going to speed run these a little bit because I got about 20 minutes before I need to go and sleep like a human being. Um, so quick answers only, please, gentlemen. Okay. Uh, and I, uh, I, you guys need to stop having discussions and show questions though, because it makes this bit real hard. Um, Never. Have a struggle open. That's done. Now that you completed the trifecta of LVO, WCGW open, what's your perspective of each and which you think is the best? Which one's the best? LVO, WCGW open. WC, it's not close. Is Voltan actually dead or is there still much play once the full model line is released? Votan's probably the best army in the game. I would be surprised if they don't have a 60-plus percent win rate the weekend they drop. I play the GW balance reasoning to the worst of factions instead of factions. Who needs buffs the most? Run that. What's, your, about what's, that? what's your pet Adept. sub-faction that should be that needs buffs? Adept is sub-faction? Yeah, sub-faction. Oh my like, god, there's, so, there's yeah. so many shit ones that it's like hard to... give. Give the Drukari Flayed Skull one, like, a buff, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I mean, a bunch of the CSM Legions aren't great. Um, I would definitely like to see Night Lords get, like, a small change. If you just change their leadership thing where they get plus one to wound up one, the Legion, like, mostly works. Mm -hmm. Four-armed Emperor for life, baby. Like, cover over 12 on Jinx Circle. I'm all right, thanks. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one's rough, isn't it? Uh, What was your favorite game and favorite moment for Chicago? My favorite moment in Chicago was definitely me and Blake's combined reaction when Abaddon killed those two big knights. That shit was hilarious. We were both like, ah, freaking out. Um, my favorite game, the, like, closest, like, most, like, interweaving, like, difficult game that I played at Chicago was probably my last one. Yunari is definitely a new challenge for me. I was not, again, around when they were good. Uh, I definitely got, like, a little bit 7th edition to this event. I got beat up by Tau and then fought Yanari. I don't know what was going on. Um, but, yeah, it was cool. I got to play against some new shit, so that was pretty sweet. Uh, my game against Nathan was super fun because I love playing the homies, but I don't like making them lose. Nathan, same question. My, like, favorite games were my first game and my last game. Um... The best moment was in the first game was definitely Dante doing like one damage to a hive tyrant and then getting murked in response. Just let him um, sleep. Yeah, he did. He got put to sleep in the fifth battle round of that game. Um, <laughs> and then my favorite game 
was definitely my last one against Quentin. That game was just wild. And it was also fun to play. Um, I had a really good time. And then I did really enjoy my game against Anthony. I also really enjoyed the whole Discord just lining up behind me to try to push me emotionally into victory. And I'm just going to keep reminding Anthony that the Discord's just on my side. So much. <laughs> That's dad, man. Dad, it's the, it's the parent parental, parental reaction. Um, how do we convince GW to make the game six rounds instead of five? I don't know that I would like Probably that. don't. It would be better, no, um, no. but it doesn't, it's not going to happen. I, I do think a sixth turn would be good for the game, and it doesn't take very long to play most six turns because nothing's left 90% of the time at that point. I think if people were planning for six, there definitely would be more shit left at the end of that. Maybe. No? We played random game like a long time, and we played six six turns in uh, ITC most of last season, or last edition. Uh, turn six is usually like turn five now on steroids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Do you think GW looked at win rate as the sole metric, or do you think they care about other things like faction and under rep and versus new for veterans versus new players, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? I think they look at it. I don't think it sells as easy in an article, and it'll probably still it'll all generally be considered. I don't know how much of it will be from our stats or from the Roman Turtle stats. Uh, probably not much from our stats, if we're being honest. Um, but hopefully, they're considering stuff. more things than just just win rate. Yeah, I like to think so. What do you think Admech would need in the slate to become relevant again? Off some point drops? A simplified command phase would help, but um, I definitely just think that that army needs some points drops, and it'd probably work a little bit better. They're going to give them one permanent chemical. Can't you feel it? <laughs> I mean, that would work. If you just gave them one permanent chemical, that probably would help. One permanent chemical, one permanent doctrine. No! <laughs> Why not? You, under, Do it. Oh, uh, I I'm just too much, dude. I just wanted no. to hurt. I'm just here to hurt Anthony's feelings, as you can tell. Jesus um, Christ! What's the next question? It is. Um, should I yolo tie for next weekend? Yeah. No. Yes. No, John. Yes, always yolo armies. The official position of the StatCheck Network is that at all times you should yolo an army if you can yolo an army. Is there any reason to build for durability now that both units either one-tap each other or just fight on death? That's not actually true. Probably is good. Yeah, uh, lethality of ninth is pretty overstated. You're just comparing it to something that doesn't make sense. It's real high in like a few units where you just like can't do anything to stop them. But you build durability for everything else, not for those units. Like you're not going to be durable into Abaddon. I'm sorry, man. It's not going to happen. Well, you might. Certain things just are right. Sure. Yeah, like if you're like no heavy rolls, no wound rolls. Like if you're a very specific subset of things and you have very specific defensive profiles, you can be janky to pretty much anything. But I would say broadly, like build for durability for the stuff for the everything else to make them commit their heavy resources one place, right? Like your terminator right. break is only going to die to certain things. That means you have a lot more ability to control how those things get to interact with your unit, and that's where placement and positioning comes in. Yep. Mm-hmm. With the new season, you can Chris. I'm not answering questions about Scotland. You're my vice captain. DM me. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, what new nickname or persona will you be taking on next? Uh, I have none right now. I, I... Yeah, he's he lost one for every game he lost, right? <laughs> I still have two to, left. Vince Violence and Vince Violence and Tarbo are gone. Yeah. He's back. He's back to base form. Violence, Vanilla. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not. He's, it turns out he's Digimon Evolution, not Pokemon Evolution. Yeah. It reverts. Um, Chris, math question too long. No. Um, <laughs> Anthony, what are you meditating to Tau? I'm not. I don't like that army. Nathan, what lessons did you learn at the tournament? We already talked about it. I learned that I need to, one, I need to practice a little bit more before going into events. Um, I didn't, I wasn't able to play like as many practice games other than at Michigan. And then Michigan was its own whole experience altogether. Um, so I needed some more practice reps into some of the main factions that were in the game. Also, I just need to take banners when I think about it instead of taking psychic interrogation just, and making just always take banners. Just always take banners, bro. Banners, banners are big. And being more careful with your pod, because that also cost you the Tyranid game as well as mine. Don't remind me. <laughs> it's a lesson. Yeah, it's important. I know. It's everyone have fun. It's why the pod is out of my list, actually, is because it gives me too many opportunities to fuck something up. And so I replaced it with a, a unit of Zoanthropes. <laughs> and um, I was thinking a unit of Venomthropes, so I could just have two fully buffed flanks <laughs> at all times instead. We'll see. Take more trash. Nick asks, did everyone have fun? Yeah. Yeah. Had a great time. If you if it were including me in that, no, my LGT was awful. Uh, oh, also, for what it's worth, we spent the whole weekend hanging out with uh, Haidar from Team Iceland. That guy's an <laughs> absolute gangster. I love him so much. He's one of the homies. How upset I got was he about going one and two day one? We didn't see him after the first night. Uh, he, like, went for a walk room got a good night's sleep and then fucking smashed it for the rest of the event and didn't drop a game so good rally he was super neat to me that was an awesome yeah, yeah he's great. he's the best he's great he was very excited for it when i was speaking to him at lgt so yeah, uh, yeah the, the family guys were in our hotel so i had a few of them in our hotel room on the saturday night while i was being a miserable bastard so he actually gave me a bunch of shit for staying with you guys for coventry and not them so much cat we were trying to get them to stay with us as well, but we've only got eight slots in our Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. being really annoying, so I'm just going to hold her for a minute. Uh, yeah, we really, Brian <laughs> really wanted Yoko to stay with us. Uh, we really like Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are very likable. That makes sense. Not you're not my real stat dad, Ennis. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fine. I, you're older than me, Chris. <laughs> um, is Logic's holding platform? No, please don't ask. It scares me. It scares me. Um, where can I get more GSC Gondra from Ennis? I don't know. I don't think I'm good at that army, and it scares me. Uh, I keep winning with it, but I don't know why. That, that's all I got. Fine. Eric's going to launch a Patreon soon. Go, go follow Eric. I promise you'll have more fun. We just need uh, to start that coaching service I talked about, guys. Yeah. Anthony and Ennis' Academy for Fuck Around and Find Out. For Fucking Around and Finding Out. Mm-hmm. As they just gonna do blue steel on the camera one more time, and we can uh, launch the the other one. What is uh huh. <laughs> that, that, that film, <laughs> the one with the idiots. You know the one. Oh, the one that was released before Innis was born. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, which What's is the, the best question? Chicago deep dish pizza? You Not guys spent way too long responding to this. It's, it's just lasagna, isn't it? No, it's, it's a not. fucking bread bowl, dude. It's garbage. I didn't even subject you to it. We just ate at the freaking hotel restaurant basically every night. Yeah. 
I had some at the venue. I'm sure that's basically the same as the rest of the there's city. A, there's way, way too many, way too much discussion about this for me to care about. Um, Let's just keep going. But Paul asks, fuck, Barry kill, hot dog mush, hamburger orifice, or shrimp cock ring? And I don't know how to respond to I that. I refuse to Paul. answer this question on principle, Paul. Yeah, fuck you, Paul. It's <laughs> a good job this weekend. Mm-hmm. Also, another another shout out to Derek just for being the absolute amazing person that he is and providing us with water bottles and protein bars all weekend. Yeah, he was a hero. Easy. And also for writing the venue pizza sucked re in chat. It's true. (laughs) It did. It was bad. Yeah, that's what Chicago pizza is. It sucks. Holy shit, you guys are still talking about this? Oh we didn't talk about it for that long. We talked Dude, about it for like, like 30. There's like 40 messages about this in the Discord. It's kind uh, of like three people talking, and it's more than but three this people is not talking. The, this is not the venue keep, for that. Keep moving, or I'll fist fight you. I'm trying, but there's pizza <laughs> discussion. Fucking chop chop. Can NSA Carly Warley purple burglar alarm? Absolutely, yes, I can. My accent's not that Damn, strong. he nailed that. Wow, he did that real well. You guys can try them. Nope. No. I don't. I, I don't trust my abilities to say it. <laughs> the, what they actually want to hear is Carly Warley purple burglar alarm. Uh, you still did it. It was still you fine. still did it fine. Yeah, it's not that hard, guys. Everything in English can be understood through tough thought. What was that last bit? <laughs> can you repeat that last part? Only through tough thought. <laughs> Why can't you do that part, but you can do the freaking rock? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I can, I, why can't I do that, but not our Patreon? Who knows? I don't know. Um, somebody asked in the YouTube chat is is that we have October. Why is there no Tau September? It's because there is no Orktober. September. It's actually... It's actually Astra Militar- Militarum Timber right now, or Guard Tober, whichever what? you want. Stop. Dude, dude get some help. Uh, that's, that's somehow worse than what I was just saying. Uh, what percentage of sex do you become comfortable with a play? What percent of success? Anthony, move what? your mic closer to your mouth. What percent of success do I become comfortable with a play at? Yeah. I don't know. That is not a thing I calculate during a game. How's that? I'm not going back to the game on a three-up roll if I think I win the game without doing that more than a three-up roll percent. Like, that's kind of like the rough calculus. But I don't know, man. I, 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 I roll nine eight charges all the time. Yeah. I'll bet games on an eight if it gets crazy. Like An eight re-rolling 67%, percent I mean, man. I did, three-up I, roll. I did bet part of a game on a seven and yeah. failed it. Nathan sure bet that he would lose on the spot if he missed it on a seven. <laughs> and I did. Well, I missed it. Come on, then. It was, what was this? <laughs> I was charging the Reaper into Terminator Brick, and I really needed it to happen. And he rolled, like, snake eyes on the first one. And so I was like, well, I have the CP, and I need. I can't just leave him ass out in a blizzard. Um, so I received, he re-rolled it. And he rolled not a seven. The important um, part of this is that he's like nine inches from Abaddon when this happens. Yeah, he was going to die to Abaddon. I was hoping you were going to say in heroic range of Abaddon, but uh, uh, <laughs> that would have been funnier. Uh, um, he then proceeded <laughs> to do the same thing, by the way. I had one CP that I needed to use for something else. 
Um, and he had like a five inch charge into my opponent's Reaper Hive Tyrant. Um, and then he rolled Snake Eyes again. And I was like, well, I can't just leave him ass out in the wind. So I used the CP that I probably should have used for something else to get him into melee combat with the Reaper, which he did kill. Um, who's my opponent's Reaper Hive Tyrant then killed my Reaper Hive Tyrant for two CP because I failed one save too many, and I probably would have used that CP to try to reroll that save to try to make that save so he wouldn't have died. Goddamn mistake. That should be at bottom bracket. It should be. Our poor, um, um, our poor Miramash in round five for my playing Tyranids, uh, the guy charged his Reaper Tyrant into a Harpy and did 12 damage. I was just so sad about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, you just, just stuck there, dude. Oh, uh, that's... He wasn't like smite's cool. Psychic scream's pretty no, good. No, that was between like no, uh, spore mines, buddy. <laughs> the other, the other time where I made that uh, the math mistake that I was talking about is I charged the maw claws tyrant into like two or three tyranid warriors on a point, and he needed to kill three tyranid warriors. <laughs> um, and my opponent popped the minus one damage stratagem, and what I should have done the whole time just to avoid all of the problems that I had is I should have just paid the CP that I'd banked for that turn on the Mortal Wound stratagem, and he would have just coasted through You'd all the one. three of them. You'd have rolled the one, 100%. I know. It It definitely would have been how that probably would have played out, but if I had paid that one CP, he would have iced one of them immediately and probably put wounds on the other one. So that was my math mistake, because it left he killed all but one of them. And then one Tyranid Warrior was alive on the point and took the point from me and caused two 12s, basically, in a row on me to get four points on primary. It's great. Very okay. Right. What's the strongest ter this Tyranid list right now? Levy stuff. Levy's probably the best one and easiest to pilot. Why does no one do Triple Patrol Tyranids? Uh, because the list you're suggesting is illegal that um, you can't run Jorman, Leviathan, and I think, I think it might be. I think your connection I want to put it as Anthony. Oh, that's possible. Um, you have free reign to write the next day. So what would you do? That that's a whole episode, man. I'm really sorry. We're not doing. We're not doing a this. So the one thing that I would do to make everything better is I would make light. Minus one to hit with ranged weapons if they advance. I would make like, like minus one to the force if it advances. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You can only hit on fours. That's what I said. So yeah, but it would also make the true master minus two to hit. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> just it's exactly the same. Except specifically, fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> Give the whole army five up invulnerables instead of four up invulnerable saves. Rule of three transports. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? I, no, I'm kidding, Anthony. The characters can keep. I the say four as up, if I but, just didn't yeah. ask some local if they had 51 troops painted, so I could bring them to a local RTT. Um, but Leviathan <laughs> should probably be transhuman fives because it's not winning as much as it should be. Um, so instead of know, trans, instead of transhuman sixes on the Reaper Hive Tyrant, that's what the Reaper of Obliterax okay. will do now. Instead of an offensive relic, you can only wound the Reaper Hive Tyrant on sixes. I'll I'll take that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Uh, obviously, tire need to be like plasma rifles. Need to plasma guns. Need to just drop the damage too. Um, 
I was going to say you could um, make it so that Sunshark Burma's cost like 200 points or something. Oh, like you that. remove aircraft from match play. Um, that's definitely one of my criteria. Jesus. Aircraft. Are so Do we have any disgusting. questions left or should we just go into. I think we should probably move on because let's just rotate of, out in it. We're circling, we're circling the drain. Uh, As we I, always do from start to finish, it's just an hour and a half circling. <laughs> thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. This has been episode 14, Rock Paper Harlequins. Congratulations to Jack for winning the biggest event of the weekend with Twilight Harlequins. I'm still not sure how, I'm still not sure I believe it, but I guess the Art of War effect is just that strong. Um, it is real good being able to pile in and consolidate five inches. It's incredibly valuable upgrade. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to see more of us, you can check out all of our links, which are in the description. You can see our Patreon link and also the link for the YouTube if you're not watching live stream or if you're listening to us on various podcast platforms. If you could check us a like, a comment, or a subscribe, then please do so. We really appreciate all the support. Leave a comment. It is the best way that we do for discoverability, for getting YouTube to put us out there. Uh, we are trying to get trying to get up to that average of a thousand views an episode that we had right at the beginning. Uh, we realize a bunch of people have stratified out onto the podcast platform and stuff like that. But the thousand views on YouTube is a nice little goal that we'd like to hit. So uh, tell a friend if you can. Uh, and if you're in a position to support us, check out patreon.com slash statcheck. Get access to our Discord and our bonus content. This week I should be recording with Mitch from Team Iceland uh, to get a bit of content going out there for the Innocent Outs show again. And then I'll be having the rest of the guys on at some point because uh, Anthony, you still need to do that. I mean, Nathan asked the questions, you can too. And math starts next week, boys. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We hope you've had a great time with us. And we will see you next week for episode 15. You know, we've been doing this for three, what, nearly four months. Nearly four months. It's We're getting there. Horrifying and terrifying and incredible. So thank you, everybody, for supporting us on this journey. I'm going to go to get some sleep now. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Oh,